The Lord be with you. Let us seek your glory in the house of the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful to me. Father, we come today to worship you and to thank you for our many blessings. Lord, may we never take for granted our health, our talents, our families, our church, and most importantly, the love and grace you show to each one of us. We ask that you open our hearts and minds to the words of the sermon and guide us to be more like you. It's in your name we pray. Hello and welcome to this Youth Sunday at Northminster Baptist Church on this, the third Sunday after Epiphany. It is such a joy to see so many familiar faces and it is such a joy for me to be here with you all. Since our bulletins went to print, we have learned of the passing of Callie Daniels Bryant into the nearer presence of God. As a family of faith, we join with Andrew, Monica, Quentin and Rose, and all who held Callie dear in mourning Callie's loss and celebrating her great life. There will be a visitation for Callie next Saturday at 1 p.m. in the Great Hall, followed by a funeral at 3 p.m. in the sanctuary. We have gathered in this sacred space for the holy purpose of worship. Let us now worship together. worship continues with the reading of Holy Scriptures, the first lesson, from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 4. But there will be no gloom for those who are in anguish. In the former time, God brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, God will make glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You've multiplied the nation, you've increased its joy, they rejoice before you. As with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder, for the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you've broken as on the day of Midian. And now 
for the second reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 through 18. Now I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in agreement, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same purpose. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there are quarrels among you, my brothers and sisters. What I mean is that each of you says, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Has Christ been divided? Was Paul crucified for you, or were you baptized by the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one can say that you were baptized in my name. I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to proclaim the gospel, and not with eloquent wisdom, so that the cross of Christ might not be emptied of its power. For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved is the power of God. Please now join me in the movement towards silence, a time to open your mind and heart wholly, confessing and praying with the assurance of forgiveness and the opportunity for our prayers to be answered, guaranteed by the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us now enter in silence together. Hear and believe these words from the prophet Isaiah. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shined. On the strength of these words and on behalf of the church and in the name of Christ, I say unto you, your sins are forgiven. Honored and almighty God, heed now these requests and sins we pray to you in hopes of forgiveness and answering, in the hopes to be broken from the yoke of burden and for the image of darkness to disappear in a, great, in a great light, a light so bright it blinds us with actions of goodwill and knowledge that our prayers will be answered, relying on you and your son, your son who taught us to live in a loving way, but to pray in this way, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, and thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Dear Heavenly Father, you have provided us with all that we need and more. We have warm beds, homes for shelter, and food and clothes for our bodies. Just as you have given to us, we want to give to help others. May our offerings be a blessing to the church and our community.
We will have a reading from Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 through 23. Now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali. So what had, what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali. On the road by the sea across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region in shadow of death, light has none. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, and the boat with their father, Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left their boat and their father and followed Jesus. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. This is the gospel of the Lord.
I'm not even gonna lie, I really wanted to go first just to do that. <laughs> hey y'all, for those of you that don't know me, I'm Ellie Carraway and I've grown up in the church. A really pivotal moment in my life and one of my first memories actually occurred at our church when I was three years old in the Northminster's Mother's Morning Out program. While I was bored during nap time, I somehow got a rock stuck up my nose. Basically, I was bored and utilized the available resources wedged in my shoe and just shoved a playground rock up there. The kind and exasperated church workers ended up calling my dad, who frantically rushed here from his office. He arrived, squatted down to my three-year-old level, plugged one of my nostrils, and said, blow. The rock then magically shot out thanks to my dad's efforts, and the day soon went on. The attentiveness and urgency of my dad, rushing to fulfill his duties as my caretaker, reminds me of Matthew 4.20, when Simon, Peter, and Andrew are quoted to have immediately left their nets and followed Jesus. Jesus was calling them to leave their livelihood, become disciples, and fish for people, meaning actively seek out a broader community. They would need to go where the people were, which would only happen if they followed Jesus. It seems that in today's world, it's a lot easier to say we're going to go fish than to do it. I know I found myself hesitant to sing out loud at chapel in my school, or post a Bible verse on social media accounts, or give up precious free time on a weekend to do service work with the church. Although these are only small acts of my religious identity, I'm not sharing the love and truth I am called to, even though I'm actively being shown the light. I'm not sure why I can be so hesitant to drop my net and actively follow the word of God in my daily life. I think maybe it's a worry I will not be inclusive to those who aren't of my religious faith, or maybe it's just FOMO. And for those of you who don't know what that means, it's a fear of missing out. While I'm continuously growing in my faith, I'm so grateful to have witnessed the greatest followers and Christ-like people over the years, the special members of this church who've shown me how to seek out others in the name of the Lord. Just as my dad dropped his net by leaving his job to come blow the rock out of my nose, this church community constantly fulfills their callings from the Spirit. Whether it was in Atrium, Girls of Grace, Sunday School, or Youth Group Now, adult leaders are constantly leaving their own children to share the word and their wisdom with church mentors of all ages. Ginger, Dabs, Major, Karen, and so many more have chaperoned week-long trips to be with the youth, for example. I've also watched my mom and the rest of the flower committee spend weekends tirelessly perfecting our flowers for worship. I've watched youth group members leave their loads of schoolwork and friends to fellowship together on Sunday nights. Even small acts such as being granted a peppermint from Mr. Woody and getting to meticulously unravel it during a hymn in a service to avoid any loud noises are just simple ways this community has been moved by the Holy Spirit and shares the love of Christ. Getting to speak to all of you today, I wanna to say thank you. You all are how I'm learning to show up for others in the name of Jesus and know the importance of picking up things that we were never asked to do. Thank you for impacting my life. I want to say thank you to my fellow seniors for being lifelong friends as we grew up together the youth group members for always giving me something to look forward to on Sundays, especially the seventh graders who bravely participate with students five years older than them. 
I want to thank all our youth leaders for their gracious dedication, always coming to our sporting events and performances, again, leaving their own families to watch us. I want to thank our pastors, new and old, teaching me about equality in the church and love and reconciliation, which are all parts of the truth Jesus calls us to live into. And finally, I want to thank you, the Northminster congregation, for loving us and putting up with all of us through bad haircuts, phone habits you might not understand, changes in schools, experiments with our clothing styles, and especially putting up with our not-so-talkative attitudes after we spend the night with friends on Saturday nights. I'm grateful to be constantly surrounded by you fishermen, always willing to drop your nets and follow the Lord. Amen. Good morning. It's a privilege to be here today to speak in front of all you. For as long as I can remember, this church, this sanctuary, has been a huge part of my life. I've been coming to this church, sitting on that second row with my father, for as long as I can remember. From going to nights in the atrium, to guys four, five, and six with Mr. Philip, and now to Sunday nights in the youth group. I first came to this youth group when I was just in seventh grade. In the Isaiah passages that they read today, it talked about how people who have been in darkness have always seen a great light. I didn't go to church very often as a child. I wasn't heavily involved with the activities that were going on outside the church. But as I got older and matured, I feel like God was trying to grasp my attention and show me the ways to become a better person and as a better child with Christ. God pulled me out of that darkness and showed me the ways of the Lord and the ways to help others. So, I started going to church more often. I got more involved with activities outside the church and with the youth group, like Stew Pot, Yale Church, Delta Hands for Hope, and many other activities to help out my community and others around me. So, whenever I get that piece of letter in the mail, when I get alerted that there is a stew pot, I always pick up my phone and I call as many people as possible. And I say, hey, there's a stew pot going on this weekend. I'd love for you guys to come. So, I have brought people to stew pot that have never heard of it nor have ever been to it before. And those Sunday after, those Saturday afternoons when we sit at Slashki's, uh, they come up to me and they tell me that was a very life-changing experience because it is something that they have never done before. I went on my first passport trip when I was 13 years old. Now the idea of going on a church trip with many people that I did not know and who were a lot older than me, frightened me. I was so scared to leave my family behind, going so far away without them. So, when we loaded the bus, I sat in the very back, secluding myself from everyone, because I was just too scared to talk to anybody. 
So a group of guys who were much older than me came to me and said, we hate that you're sitting back here by yourself. Would you please come join us in the front to watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off? <laughs> and I looked at them and I said, I go, what's Ferris Bueller's Day Off? <laughs> um, so then I went and I sat on the front of the bus, communicating with everyone, interacting with everyone, and that was one of the best church trips I've ever been on. I knew that after that experience, that I knew that this church, that this youth group is where I belong and where I will stay for the rest of my time. So to that, I say thank you to the people in this room and that to the people who have helped me grow, have helped me become a better child of God. Amen. peace of our Lord be with you. Now I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in agreement and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same purpose. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 10 through 18 provides the basic foundation that Northminster Baptist Church is so renowned and loved for. Paul writes to the Corinthians and explains his view of divisions between people and where they fall under the church, and more importantly, where they fall under God. In my opinion, the most important and most powerful part of the passage are verses 12 through 13. These verses read, what I mean is that each of you says, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Has Christ been divided? Paul explains that yes, we may not all have the same views or beliefs about everything, and yes, we may come from different backgrounds, and yes, we may have different areas that we've come from. However, there is still one thing that unites us and overshadows all of those differences. Every single one of us is a child of God, and I do not just mean in this room. People in other church communities, other states, even other countries, all have this one trait in common. One of the principles that I love so much about Northminster is its acceptance of others and not to hate others because they are simply different than you. Northminster and its congregation have taught me nothing but love in my 18 years of existence, whether that was in the nursery, children's chapel, or in the main worship service that I was so excited for because I could finally sit with the grown-ups. I now truly understand the idea of loving others unconditionally no matter their shape or size. Ever since my dad let me watch Star Wars for the first time, I've been a diehard fan of the franchise. Throughout the movies, Master Yoda has some extremely wise quotes. One of my favorites directly addresses the problem with hate. Now, I'll spare all of you with my Master Yoda impression, but <laughs> Yoda says, fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. There's a strong chance Yoda might have attended Northminster Baptist Church. <laughs> Throughout these past 18 years, I 
cannot count how many times I've heard that it is wrong to hate others, and so much of that is due to Northminster. When I was younger, Pastor Poole gave a sermon one Sunday, and the title was, It's Too Late. Now, I'll be completely honest, I was much younger, and I was not quite as good at paying attention to sermons at that time, so I don't know exactly what the sermon was about. <laughs> However, I do remember the conversation that Pastor Poole and I had after the service. Somehow we got in a conversation where Pastor Poole was jokingly explaining to me that he needed to start working out more. And the final thing he told me was, it's not too late for me, as he proceeded to flex his arm in front of me. <laughs> so each Sunday for a very long time after that, I would run and find Pastor Poole after the service and tell him, it's not too late. That became a running joke with us for I don't know how long. but. Today, it's my turn to tell all of you that it's not too late. It's not too late to learn that we are all children of God. It's not too late to learn that love will always be greater than hate. It's not too late to love others regardless of their differences. It's not too late. I'm so grateful and privileged to have grown up in this amazing church with all of its great people, and I can't thank anyone enough or this church for teaching, loving, and raising me as a child in the church of God. I'm beyond lucky to be able to bring all of these gifts with me to college next year and continue to uphold these values for the rest of my life. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12 reads, What I mean is that each of you says, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas. Now I can proudly say that I belong to Northminster. Amen. I'm sure that you share with me uh, a deep sense of uh, not having words sufficient to express our gratitude to all the members of our youth group, uh, those who have led us in worship today, those who've been teaching Sunday school throughout the family of faith all morning those who created our order of worship. Um, this has been a week when uh, our congregation has uh, had uh, enormous uh, sadness. And this has been a day when all of you have given us every reason to be hopeful and glad and proud and to rejoice. The thanks be to God for each of you, for all that you've done to prepare for this important day. If you're a first time visitor to Northminster, you know instinctively that you picked the best day to come. 
Many thanks to all of you and to our adult leaders who give so much so freely to our youth group and to Major and Karen for the strong, wise, clear, and beautiful leadership that you give uh, to our youth group and to all of us. In a few moments, when we sing our recessional hymn, our uh, worship leaders from this morning will all recess out, and they will be in the narthex where you will have an opportunity to say your own word of gratitude and blessing to them. Uh, for now, as we come to the close of this hour of worship, we invite you to make important decisions for our Lord and our Lord's church during this time of response. Many of you know Julian and Sherry Allen. Julian and Sherry have been worshiping here at Northminster for a good long time. They're very active in their Sunday school class and uh, Wednesday evenings and just all the corners of our life together. Julian and Sherry come today to place their church membership where their energies and affections already lie. Uh, Sherry and Julian, we are glad that you're here. Uh, you, you've seen our church at its very best this morning, and uh, we are glad to welcome you into this family of faith, and we look forward to seeking together to follow our Lord Jesus uh, more and more closely, all of us together in the household of faith. I'm going to ask Julian and Sherry to have a seat here next to Marcia on this first pew. And um, in just a, a few moments when we are recessing, uh, once I get right here, if you'll join me, we will follow our worship leaders out. And then along with our worship leaders, Julian and Sherry Allen will be in the narthex where you'll be able to say your own word of welcome and blessing to them.
Now go from this place to all of your other places, resting yourselves in the love of God, casting your cares upon the grace of God, and placing your lives in the hands of God, hands that will hold you, never let you go. Amen.